Saints. Well, thank you, Jillian, very much for leading us today. Uh, Jillian, it's great to have you lead us. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, today, as we um, get started, we uh, have moved on from our series called My Story. And I'm excited to talk about uh, a topic today that uh, we've actually never discussed before here at DCC. So I think that's really fun. And I'm excited to begin to engage this today. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, if you have kids or if you had nieces or nephews or, I don't know, really young brother or sister or something like that, um, you know how when the kids, really young kids especially, are around or in their family environment where they are most comfortable, they, they have absolute, no holds barred, full comfort in participating in family life and being all that they are and who they want to be. And so, you know, if, if like for, for my family, we have three, we have three kids, and when they are really young, like toddlers, like they had no issue just running through the house, ripping off a diaper, and just being in their full naked body, just going for it. Like as adults, that would most likely freak us out. We would never do that in front of other people. But for a little tiny toddler, like there's just no issue. They just kind of go for it, or they'll come sit on your lap and be full of gas and just let it all out right there with you. And you're like, okay, um, here we go. And like just all these crazy things that kids will do that just kind of shock you as an adult. And you're like, wow, there you have it. And then they'll just say whatever is on their mind, what they see. They're like, hey, daddy, you feel squishy. Like, hey, you know, you're, you know, just start messing my belly. And I'm like, okay, good to know. And then they're like, oh, your, your forehead's so regally. Look at this thing. And they just kind of say, they just observe it and let you know. I mean, can you imagine in our world, and maybe, you, maybe you've got a coworker like this. I mean, this feels like something that would come off the office or something like that where they just, you know, say to you, man, your forehead's kind of wrinkly. Like, what? Excuse me? And like, like that's usually how we, you know, we, how we don't operate. But for kids and their family, they're just so comfortable of being themselves, especially when they feel safe. And so if you are secure in who you are, and especially your family status, it gives you confidence to be who you want to be and say what you want to say, and whatever that else that could be, and because, because you've got this safe place to express what you are feeling, even if it's hard, even if it's words that could be hurtful or whatever it may be. So did you know, did you know that, that that is what our God, our Heavenly Father, wants of you and me? That is exactly how he wants to interact with you and me. And so we know because of what Christ has done for us, when we believe in him, we have been made right with God. So we can go to him. And in the scripture, Paul explains it as we've been fully adopted as daughters and sons, and who we can now cry, Daddy, Father. He's brought us into his family. It says that we are full heirs. We've been granted full access through Christ when we believe in him. And over the past several weeks, we've been learning how to engage God with our story. We've been taking those steps. And if you missed that series or you missed a couple of weeks, I encourage you to go back and read, uh, listen to it. It's on our podcast through iTunes and through music, uh, whatever we call that now. It's, it's also um, on our website. 
under messages, and I encourage you to connect with that. And much of our conversations this year, and rightfully so because of what we'll be walking through, have, have really been around our life being un- upended. Now, how do we engage life? And then how do we engage God with that? And we've been learning how to trust God with his story in us, learning and knowing that his story is the best way possible, and that especially when things are difficult, it is a time to lean in and allow him to guide us. And we've been learning to put him at the center of our lives. And so now we're taking those steps. We're beginning to do practical things. In our series we just came from, we learn how to start, stop, and stay, and go in times in our lives. And as we are taking those steps, I want to begin to help guide you and free you up in how we engage God. I want to free you up to engage him as his sons and daughters, especially when you are struggling or especially with hard conversations. And I think this is so important for us to know and to hear because what if your conversation with God the thing that you need to bring to him to be part of your story, what if that is a story of struggle? What if you are tense in your heart? What if you are really struggling with God himself? What if you don't understand how, what, you know, what's happening in our, your life or happening in the world? What if you don't understand? What if you are not happy with God? What do you do? Is that allowed? Is that okay? How do you bring that to him? Does that mean you're uh, not listening well or not a good follower? Or can God allow those things? Like, is that sinful? Do you feel that tension? So today, I want to give you permission. I want to give you permission. That is my prayer and my goal today. I pray that today in our conversation will lead us to, a, to real conversations with God. That we engage a real Heavenly Father who knows what we need, understands our thoughts. And we are inviting Him into our real lives, into our real struggles, into our and so I want to start this very important conversation today, one that we've never engaged before, and it is about lament. Lament. It's not a word that you hear very often, but I think that we all kind of understand what lament is. But I think it's good to kind of really help define it simply this morning. And so, you know, what does it mean to lament? How do you figure that out? Well, you can just Google it. Or you can ask Google, ask Siri, however you now search for things. I guess you can Bing it. I've never said that really before. I don't know how many of you actually use that, but that is there. Maybe you're forced to at your job. But uh, anyway, you can ask Siri, what does it mean to limit? Well, here's what you'll find. That it's a complaint. Like that's one aspect of it is it's a complaint. You're just kind of bringing something there. That is an aspect of what lament is. It's, It's important. It's also an opportunity to vent. I don't know that you would actually ever have defined lament in that way, but I think that's a good description to help get us there. 
And we're like, well, I love to vent. Like, I'm ready to do that now about a lot of things. Like, I do that all the time. So there you go. That's kind of a process or a part of lament. But also, and what it, it really is centered around, it is an expression of deep pain or sorrow. That is more in line of a definition that you will get with lament, an expression of deep pain or sorrow. Sometimes the complaint, sometimes venting, is really coming out of that deeper expression that is really within you and I. And for me, like even though I know that I can trust God with his story, like I read that, I've done it, I've taken those steps, I've I've seen God be faithful over and over again in my life. And no, no, I can trust with his story in me and in his church and in his city and our country and world. I know that I can trust him. And even though I know that I have hope beyond right now, you've heard me say and talk about that. Because of Jesus' resurrection, we know that we have hope. We know that we are made for more because of that. We know that we are made for a purpose, that he's working in us, and we are made for eternity. It gives us confidence to stand on that. Even though I know all those things, and I say it many times every week, it still doesn't mean that I walk through life without struggle, that I I see things happening and I don't wrestle with it. I don't always respond and feel hopeful. And more specifically, it doesn't always mean that I won't question God or that I won't struggle with his will or I won't struggle with his patience or question his will or question his patience or question his active or what may be perceived as his inactive justice in the world and my own life. Even though we know those things, and maybe you're on a journey to believing those things, and you're pursuing who Christ is, and that's great, and I'm so glad that you're here today. And wherever you ever you may be, even though you may see and know those things, and you've came to, come to believe in Jesus, doesn't mean that you won't struggle or you won't question him, because it happens, and really it happens often. And if I think about things, and I think about what I'm experiencing in our world today, listen, I care about our country I care about justice. These are all conversations that are very much at the forefront of everything right now. And I will say, listen, I am angry. Personally, I'm angry about the system of justice that we're seeing in our cities and in our country and the inequality that we see happening. I also struggle with with how our Christian world has been responded and how many, many people who are saying, I am a Christ follower, and how we're tying that many times to politics and policy. And I'm struggling with that. That makes me angry at times, depending on what the angle is, where it's coming from. And, and, and so I'm angry that, that we see many people rallying and protesting and saying, there are significant issues. We need you to listen to us. But it's still falling on deaf ears. We look at that and we're saying, why are so many not able to hear and see the deep pain that people have? But then I look at other things, and I'm also angry, and you guys will be like, man, you've got so many issues, you need help. <laughs> but I think these are just things that we think and feel, so I'm just going to say it like, I'm angry with those who also that, that protest and complain, but never 
actually step forward with action in their life. I see them actually not voting, saying, yeah, I didn't vote. And I'm like, how can you be this way but never take action? But many people are like that, right? And then or I'll see people will just be angry about things but never actually take steps to change their life personally or to sacrifice financially to support causes or to give up time in their life to help, to actually help others. I see that and I say, that's not okay. But I'm also frustrated at times with me because I look at my life and I realize my own inaction, my own selfishness and sinfulness. And I realize how I also contribute to these problems. That's not easy to see. And I don't always know how to see these tensions resolved. And maybe you do this as well. You look at the divides and we're like, I don't, I don't know how we can get to an answer. I feel, I feel small in those moments. And the problems seem so huge. So do you feel that way? What do you do about this? Are you allowed to go to God and question his involvement with this? Are you allowed to disagree with him? <laughs> to say, God, I don't like this. Can you really do that? Can you... Maybe you go to God and you say, God, where were you when? My mom was sick and nothing happened. And the doctors just missed this thing. Where were you there? Where were you in this relationship? I thought things were going so well and then it didn't happen. Or where were you in my job? Where were you in my business? All those prayers that I prayed? Where were you in all of this injustice? Why did we continue to see that happen? Or you say, where were you when I was at the hospital, when these bills came in, or financially? I prayed for this. I served you and all these things. God, where were you when? You ever said that or thought that? Well, did you know? Did you know that Scripture Maybe you've heard it called the Bible, which is really God's story, his love letter to us. From the beginning, it shows his engagement with us. Did you know that the scripture is filled with prayers like that? Filled all over the place, including from Jesus. Did you know that? In fact, Maybe you knew this, maybe you don't, but there is an, actually an entire book. Essentially, it's one huge prayer of lament, of struggle with God and coming to him and all these different prayers. It's called the Book of Lamentations, appropriately so. But it's not just there. You see it all throughout 
scriptures. You see it all over the Psalms. That's why the Psalms are so amazing to read because they are very real. And this, these conversations that, that the psalmists are having with God, you're like, whoa, I don't think I would even ever say that. It's very real and honest about what they feel and think in their hearts and in their minds. And while we can understand our need or the need to lament, and we understand now more than ever our need to grieve and how important that is, and we've been connected to, to, to psychology and, and counseling more than we ever have, we've, we've come to understand that so well than we have in the past. We understand that. And even complain, the, the ability to say what you feel and, and lodge a complaint. But for the Christian, for the Christ follower, lamenting is important. And we kind of have put that aside and say, that's not okay. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't have questions. like that. But that's the opposite of how God leads us. For the Christian, for the Christ follower, it is, an a, it is an action and an exercise of faith. It is a part of who you were made to be and actually a statement of faith of our belief in God. It does the opposite. There's a pastor and writer out in the West named Ryan Williamson, and he was talking about this subject, and he says it's, it's engaging, lament is engaging honestly and, and being vulnerable with God. There's a, a writer, a Christian writer, uh, and Paul Miller, he wrote about prayer, and he says this about lament. He goes, we think laments are disrespectful. God says the opposite. Lamenting shows you are engaged with God in a vibrant, living faith. We live in a deeply broken world. If the pieces of our world aren't breaking your heart and you aren't in God's face about them, then you've thrown in the towel. Wow. Do you ever... I think you'd hear the phrase, if you're not in God's face about this stuff. And I think for us in this city, you're like, well, that's more in line with kind of how I like to be. <laughs> that's real, right? Struggle and, and, and being able to say out loud and voice our struggle. Struggle takes us from rote, practice, repetitive prayers to real conversation, to real engagement with our real Father who wants to engage us in this way. It pulls our gaze upwards towards Him, believe it or not, ironically enough, and to our living hope in a Creator God who loves us and cares about us. And so I want to take us now, back to what I read earlier during prayer and silence, and I want to read again Psalm 13. This is a psalm of David out of a place of struggle and grief. Here's what he says to God. He says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? I mean, have, have you ever felt that? How long am I mean, doing this over and over again? God, like this is going on and on. It says, and day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? 
Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But he doesn't end there. His next statement seems like a complete different psalm. It feels like it came out of nowhere. But this is crucial. We'll get to this in a little bit. But he says, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> it's not what it sounded like just a second ago. He has been good to me. What an incredible statement. The beauty of the gospel, which is Jesus coming to take our place, and then us getting in exchange, being able to take his place and get his righteousness, that means that because of Christ and this exchange, that we are adopted daughters and adopted sons. We are brought into God's family. That's why we talk about ourselves as a family, the body of Christ. It means that you are his, that you can go right to him. When Jesus died, when, the, when, he, um, when, when he was on the cross and he passed away, when he died, when his death actually happened, something significant happened in the temple where the curtain, it was this crazy thick curtain. It was impossible for someone just to get in there with some really good knife or sword or something where you could find a saw. Like it's so crazy thick. You couldn't have split it, but it split in two. God ripped it apart, and it was this visual, this curtain was a visual barrier between people and God. And God said, this has been broken because of Christ. You can now go confidently to me. You can be with me in my family. That means you can go right to him. In the scriptures, it says, let us go boldly before the throne of God. It's freed us up to go to our Daddy. In fact, Jesus is one of the most intimate words that we see Jesus use was actually in a prayer of lament and struggle. He used that word daddy. And this is the relationship that we've been brought into. I want you to listen to this prayer of lament that Jesus gave. This was like the day before, right before Jesus was about to be crucified, about to be whipped and beaten have his skin ripped apart, all those things. He knew this was coming. So he goes to pray, and it says here in Mark 14, he says, Then they went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, He says, Sit here while I pray. And then he took Peter, James, and John along with them a little further, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. He says, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Can you imagine the kind of grief you're feeling to the point of death? He said to them, stay here and keep watch. There was, there was, it was a dangerous time, so he has them keep watching. And he goes on a little further and says he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. See, God, when Jesus came from heaven, his purpose, ultimate purpose, was to come and to die for us. This was what they wanted. But Jesus still was like, God, if it's possible, he's, this is what he's praying. And this is what he says here. He says, Abba, Father, which Abba means Daddy. Daddy, Father, he says, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from 
me. It's why he came. But facing it in real time, facing this struggle, he's like, I don't want to do this. If there's any way possible, please take it away. I know we went over this. Like, we made this plan. <laughs> I don't know how many times you've been in the places in your life like that where it's like, you know, we decided we're going to do this. I went on a hike with my family, and it was a serious hike. We were in backcountry. There was, it, and on purpose, it was not, we were not following an actual trail. There were no trails. You could only use GPS, topographical maps, and other things that people had used and try to follow what they've done. But if you've ever done that, it doesn't always work out. And, and I did as much research as I possibly could, and I... <laughs> And I looked at pictures of people had posted that had done this trail, and I had my phone up with GPS, and it was blazing hot running this app, and it was also really hot at the time. The sun was out. There were no clouds. We were in the middle of this field, and it didn't look anything like the pictures people posted. And I was really unsure where we were, to go, we were supposed to go. And I looked out, and I saw this really tall grass, and there were possibly rattlesnakes in this area. And I thought there was this animal trail that we were going to be following, and it turned out that animal trail didn't happen until much further away. And I was like, ah, this is not what I wanted to do. My family was with me. We had been rah, rah, rah. We had talked about this. <laughs> it was like, we got to do it. But the feeling that I had was, I know we planned this, but I don't want to go further. And I decided in that moment, I'm, and, and, and it's, this is a scary proposition when you have kids because you don't want to freak them out. But I just said, I'm just going to share how I feel. I don't want them to think that I'm this, this constant fearless leader. I'm, I'm assuming that they think that of me. <laughs> and I just, I did express it. And I was like, I don't, this just doesn't seem fun. This is what Jesus is saying. He's like, I know we talked about this. And I'm trying not to bring humor to the situation. It's a very serious place, right? But he says, I know that everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. He's like, I know you can stop this. You can. But then he says this. He says, yet, not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. <laughs> he goes, Simon, he says, are you asleep? Can you keep watch for just one hour? That's a long time. Apparently there's a lot more to this prayer than we get, right? He goes, watch and pray that so you will not fall in temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And it says, once more he went away and prayed the same thing. He's like, I'm just going to go through all of this again. And that is okay. That is the relationship God has made us to be part of our security, our security that we can find in our standing with God. When we really understand that, it is a catalyst towards passionate conversations, which are prayers with our loving, perfect, heavenly Father, where we are able to express our struggle, where we are able to lament, bring our complaints, and vent if that be what you need. So how do you do this? So I'm going to lead us today to take steps towards lament. And right now, for every one of you, no doubt, 
that there is something that you are going through that is creating tension. And ultimately that tension is causing you to not understand God. You are encouraged to go to him with this, honestly. For me, that usually means actually talking it out loud. i got to find somewhere where I can be alone. It's really hard in the city, <laughs> in apartment living. And yes, many times out loud. That's just how I process. I need to do this and to say it out loud. And that's been hard at times. I've, I've created space in the closet before. I don't know what it might look like for you, but maybe for you it's writing it all down, and sometimes that's really cathartic for me. Maybe you pull up Evernote, or maybe you can record on your phone. Like, I, I don't know, like, just what it is for you to write it out, type it out. Maybe it's just getting alone and being quiet. But we need to begin to go to Him honestly. There's a lot that's happening in our world, and we just don't know. We don't understand why it's happening, and we don't know how to get to peace or get to normal. So here are two steps. And one, it should be pretty obvious. I've been talking about it this whole time, but it is to lament. We need to lament to God. You need to go to Him and express it. David says, How long, Lord? Will you, and then you fill in the blank. Just use that psalm as a template. You need to lament. How long were you? And then Jesus said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He says, Daddy, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this from me. He just needed to say it, even though he was going to say it's your will. God made you to lament. It is an integral part of your life. God made you to lament. You need to go to him with it. It is okay to struggle, and it is okay to question. You have permission. Maybe you've never heard this before. You have permission. We need this. After everything we've been going through, you need time to grieve. And then the second part of this, and this is key, and we'll break this out in, in, in tangible ways in the next two weeks, but you trust him. We go to him, we lament, and we trust him. And we say this out loud. Even if we don't feel like it, maybe even believe it even just yet, but we need to put it into God's hands and trust him and say, I know that you are still God and I haven't left that. And lament becomes a statement of faith. Why David said, but I trust in your unfailing love. There's something incredible that God does in us when we say these things out loud. There's like this assurance that he begins to build in us that we know I trust in your unfailing love. And I'm going to show you reasons why we can in the, in the future here. But today, just see that. He says, my heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Jesus said, not what I will, but what you will. It is important in lament that that's two parts where we say our frustrations and then we trust God. This is what lament is. We say, I don't understand. Why is this happening? You are 
are still God. Please come, Jesus. Please end this. I know that you can. I don't understand. Today, you have permission. And I want you to take a moment, just like we did last week, and I want you to pray right now. It's similar to what we do in prayer and silence. I want you to practice this. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do both steps, to lament and bring this to God, and then trust Him. It's really like a two-part prayer. And to help you with this, I want to ask you this question today. What is breaking your What is breaking your heart? Where are you struggling? It can be lost in physical contact, just being with people and friends. It has been detrimental to you. It could be loss of freedom and flexibility in your job, or just space and time. You may have moved away friends are not with you, maybe you're lonely, maybe it's uncertainty of life, maybe it's political turmoil or racial injustice or health issues. There's a lot of things that are weighing on us in our world right now. What is breaking your heart? I want to take a minute together. I want you to express this to him. So if you will, let's all pray together. Step one, I want you, wherever you're at, if you're with others, pray silently. But express your lament to God. Let's pray together. want us to turn this prayer into trusting God. So let's I want you to just to make statements of God, I trust you. I know that you will be faithful. Something along those lines, even if it's a struggle to do. Let's take a moment and do the second step. Giving it to you. so much for who you are. God, I thank you for the freedom and the grace that we have today. 
God, I pray that you give us strength to walk through what is difficult. Father, we don't understand it all. We need you. We understand how small that we are and how broken our world is. Jesus, please come. Please redeem us. We pray for peace. We pray for healing. And even when we don't know or see it happen, we still trust you because we know who you are and what you've done and that you ultimately will make it right. You promised that. But we pray just like you prayed that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that today. Jesus, we ask this all in your name.